guys, it's Ben here at the Weymouth Street Massive, and welcome to Back of the Net, episode 7, with Lewis Graham. And if you haven't already, go subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow our TikTok, and our Instagram page under the Weymouth Street Massive. And also follow the Back of the Net podcast on Apple and Spotify. I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to another podcast with the Weymouth Street Massive. It's Ben here. None of the boys are available, but we've got an excellent episode of Back of the Net coming to you. Episode 7, I believe, and we've got uh, a man who's arguably up there with uh, some of the longest-serving Warminster players in the current squad. Um, we've got Lewis Graham. Hello. It's Good great to, to have you on. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. No worries. And... and we, I think, if I remember correctly, I did the stats the, uh, the other day, not including um, uh, county county cup and uh, friendly fixtures. You're around the 180 appearances mark. I think it might even be more than that. Well, uh, I think I'm closing on 250. Um, yeah, that might be including cup games to be fair. But yeah, 250 ish, not far off it anyway. That's for sure. It's impressive. It's, um, <laughs> yeah, it's a long, long time, a lot, a lot of games, a lot of games. And I think that leads perfectly into uh, what our first topic's going to be. We're also going to talk about other things that you, you, you've got a, a few fingers and a few pies, it's fair to say. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's a fair one, yeah. Uh, so you're, you're a coach with the Warmest Ladies, and we'll, we'll talk about that side of things. And also, unfortunately, you support Tottenham. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately for me as yeah. well, to be fair. <laughs> Um, but you're also a, P- a PT as well, yeah. And you, you've brought along hopefully some some tips for us, uh, more more novices out there. Uh, and we'll talk about that. And then our usual general football chat where we ask the really important questions. Yeah, <laughs> looking forward to that. Um, but first, we're going to talk about your your playing career for Warminster Town, um, and, and what better place to start than how how does that come about? Um, so I think. When I was about 15, 16, we played for a team called Warminster United, and it was just a youth team at the time. Um, it was before Warminster had like any sort of under 18s or anything like that. So we, so yeah, we had our own team, Warminster United, and um, Henry McFerrin's dad, Andrew, um, he was actually the manager of the reserves at the time, and he was looking for a striker um, at the time. I played up front and I scored. Scored quite a lot of goals in that um, under-18s league, it must have been, or under-16s league, something like that. Um, so, yeah, he wanted a striker, and Henry knew me, and then he said, yeah, go look out um, look out for Lewis, um, pick him up, see if he wants to play. And then I played my first game for the reserves against um, North Bradley, it was, away. I think I was 15 or 16, and we won 3-0, and I scored a hat-trick. <laughs> which um, which was a pretty good start um, and then from there I suppose I just I sort of played for the reserves I, obviously it was such a long time ago now I remember playing for the reserves in, in that season and then playing and then obviously just playing well for the reserves and then obviously you get nervous I think Tommy O'Brien was the manager when I was um, uh, when I was about 15 16 he was the manager of the first team and um, yeah so then as you do play well for the reserves you Get your chances in the first two. No, impressive. <laughs> I mean, the hat trick's definitely impressed on your debut. <laughs> yeah, not a bad start. Not a bad start on the debut. I think I scored on my debut for the first team as well. Um, but that wasn't. I think we lost that game. I think we lost like five two. But I remember scoring. 
um, on my debut. So again, that wasn't, wasn't too bad. Uh, and um, I mean, I was going to ask about that that first first appearance uh, and what what it was like making the first uh, first team appearance for Forwards to Town. Um, again, like I said, it must have been about twelve years ago now. So such a long time ago but I remember it was just it was so strange it was different to what anything that I've been used to and I think it was a way I think we played like down in Portsmouth it was when we were in the Wessex League mm. um, so you play teams from sort of Hampshire that direction and um, yeah it was just it's just a weird experience because you're not really used to it to be fair it was similar when I first played for reserves it was like obviously adult football um, I'd never experienced anything quite like it before um, so yeah it was just all a little bit different like it it seemed at the time being 16 it felt like like you know like a, I suppose it is semi-professional like it felt mm. quite quite cool I suppose a um, little bit um, overwhelming as well but yeah I mean it was such a long time ago um, but yeah I mean I enjoyed it so and you took it in your stride you're still here yeah exactly <laughs> still here 12 years later so yeah uh, and, and I will talk about that that progression through those 12, 12 years um, and, and part of something that's come along with that and um, we saw that last week was you've, you've worn the, the armband on occasion yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so um, yeah it's about time I think but um, now obviously we had um, Jeffers who was a brilliant captain over the last what three years I suppose that he's been a um, can't remember who was captain before that I think Charlie Walton was a captain um, and then yeah naturally just one of the most senior players now so it feels nice as well just being like a Wormster Wormster boy mm. and playing for your local club playing since like I said I've played since I was 15, 16 12, 13 years now to be one of the more senior players and get the armband like it's a nice feeling it's, um, it's good I suppose it sort of comes with it when, you, when you're when sort of leader out on the pitch but yeah it's nice I enjoy it yeah, it's, it's awesome isn't it and, and I think it's Hopefully, it will inspire some of the, the younger players in the squad to know that there is a, a pathway through, and and, and uh, to to that sort of level where you can captain a side. Yeah, hundred percent. I think us. I think you obviously everybody wants to play as high as they can, but at the same time, do you know what I mean? You, when you play for your local club, it's literally a five minute walk from my house to the ground. So, do you know what I mean? It's nice being able to play for the local club and just enjoy football, really. That's great to hear, and, and I'm going to ask about the highlights uh, of your time at Warwick over those those 12, 12 <laughs> years or so. Is there a moment that, that stands out for you? I don't know that there's one defining moment as such, but last season as a whole, I mean, that was pretty incredible. Like again, best points tally the club has ever got, highest finish the club has ever got. Um, so that was yeah that was pretty good to be a part of that uh, be a part of that squad and also I think it was maybe one or two seasons before that maybe 2019 when we went on that uh, FA Vars run and I think we got to like the fourth round or something like that and we were unlucky to lose in the fourth round against um, against Bitten we lost mm. 3-1 but I think we were leading the game for about 70-80 minutes and then we just sort of lost it in the last 15 or so so yeah, I'd say those two moments, uh, the cup run, the FA Vars cup run, um, and yeah, last season as a whole was was pretty good. It's a shame that we didn't um, didn't win the playoff in the end, but but yeah, an incredible season, and that was most definitely, I'd say, the highlight. I mean, it was it was 
I haven't, I haven't been around the club as, as long as, as you have. Um, but, I mean, it was a... I mean, it probably will be a highlight for, for us going, going forward. And, I mean, it's still fresh in my memory. Yeah. Some, some of those, those games and, and those moments, particularly towards the end of the season and the um, stiff competition there was. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was never... It was so unheard of to have, I think it was, what, four teams... On like eighty-five plus points. Yeah, yeah is... I think there was one point in between uh, second and fourth. Yeah, I mean, never, never seen anything like that in that league. For four teams to be so much better than the rest, normally it's maybe one or two that sort of pull away from the others. I know Sherborne were obviously really good last season um, and deservedly won it, but yeah, to have four teams that were right up there. Um, yeah, it was good, but obviously, yeah, like I said, disappointing that we couldn't get over the line. But again, still an amazing season to be a part of. Without a doubt, and and I think that that flows quite well into the, the lowest moment as a as a Wolverhampton Town player. Um, I think the season when we finished bottom bottom of the league, um, maybe about five or six years ago, I think. Um, and I think we, we got lucky to not go down. We didn't get relegated in the end. I can't remember why. I think we got a reprieve just because maybe the teams below that came top and second, they couldn't get up because of grounding, ground grading or whatever it was. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we were lucky that we didn't actually go down that year, but that uh, that was a pretty um, a dismal year, to say the least. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that just in general shows how far the club's come since then and, and, and you know going from scrapping about towards the to bottom table to, to that second place finish yeah. um, which sadly on any other season would have carried yeah. us up but um, you know we, we, we are where we are and we're you know thankful that the club is still uh, performing and then we're able to see that as, as fans anyway yeah, um, and yeah it's, it's been good yeah, you know, we're, we're um, used to the dizzying heights of uh, uh, unbeaten runs that yeah. span months on end, but um, you know the, the world of football is a place where it can change fairly rapidly. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and I think this is a question that I, I even I couldn't answer. Um, but it, where where would you, where would you place Warminster this this season? such a difficult one isn't it um, I think maybe at the start of the season before or maybe in around pre-season we're maybe looking at maybe winning it obviously the start that we've had obviously the players that have left it's now a case of okay maybe we're not going to win it but let's go and try and let's just go and try and do our best I think when you look at the leagues I mean we're what 8 to 10 games in now so I think you're looking at it as potentially Oldland, Brislington and Wincanton as your top three. Mm. That would be my prediction. And then obviously the top four teams go up. So, I mean, we'll give it a good go, see if we can finish in that top four, see if we can get promoted. Um, I don't see re- any reason why we can't. Obviously, we beat Bocco. Bocco, a really good side, um, who beat us twice last season, despite how well we did. Yeah, so, I think on our day, we can compete with anyone. It's just getting that consistency. Um, I, I don't know. Who knows? I'd, I'd love to say top four, but who knows? Let's just go out and see if we can win every game that we play and be, be competitive and let's see what happens. Yeah, without, without a doubt. And, and I think 
Um, obviously, this evening when it's being uh, filmed, we're off to Brislington, um, which will face a, a, a stiff challenge. But then again, just Saturday, we, we were, I'd say, the more dominant side in, against a very strong yeah. Um, Boko team. Yeah, I think um, I think today will be a good test uh, against Brislington. Um, it would be a good see where we're at, really, because like I said, I think they're going to be one of the top teams in the league. Um, so if we can compete with them, then if we can get a result, get a draw, get a win, then give us some confidence moving forward. Hopefully, hopefully so, and, and hopefully that will spur on performances to come. Absolutely. Um, and, and that moves us on to your other hat with, with Warminster. Yeah. Uh, coaching the, the ladies' uh, side, um, obviously, similarly had great success last season. Yeah. Um, but how how does how did you end up becoming part of the the coaching team? I think it just sort of happened on accident, really. I remember the ladies' team starting up three years ago now. I think I think it was about three years ago, and then obviously we had that COVID situation around that sort of time. Um, but I remember Tim, the manager, he was sort of, he was doing it on his own, really. Um, during the pre-season of that year I remember seeing him and he was doing it all on his own and I thought you know I've always wanted to get into coaching and maybe potentially management and stuff like that so I just thought what better opportunity to just give give someone a hand someone that I know quite well um, and just give them a hand and see what we can do and yeah I mean I've loved it since then um, but yeah it just sort of happened on accident I just thought yeah I'll give it a go and then I'd go from there been there ever since. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Been there three years now, so yeah. Uh, and and I, I guess sort of answered this one already. But what what made you want to be a part of, of, of that was? Do you see some sort of end goal or, or achievement in there? Yeah, I think I like I said. I just think I just wanted to give it a go and just get you know that that foot in the door, I suppose, and that little bit of experience of coaching and and see what it's like. See if I'd enjoy it, um, which which I have done. Um, and then yeah just go from there really it's just a, yeah, like I said good experience there's going to be a point at some point when I'm not going to be able to play football anymore um, and after that I, I'm one of the I'm pretty much obsessed with football like, <laughs> I love football so much like I think about it all the time um, yeah and it is an obsession like I think as soon as I stop playing I'm going to want to be involved somehow so whether that's coaching management something like that then, then who knows but yeah you know, I don't think I'll be able to live um, live a decent life without <laughs> football. To be honest, could, couldn't just be one side in front of the TV watching it. Got to be oh, on the well, touchline somewhere. <laughs> as long as I've got football, something like that. Yeah. We the last weekend, last weekend, there was no football on. Like the international break, I'm not a fan of that. Either. Yeah. Just, I don't understand what people do with their weekends. That, that you're not watching football. What, what are you doing? Oh, a, uh, I echo that. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's hard trying to find uh, alternative things. Yeah, exactly. Football's not on. Um, and can I, I mean, we talked about the obviously men's season, the first team last last season, and and, and what happened there. Um, but do you want to take us through last season for the ladies team and and how promotion came to be? Yeah, so we so the first season that we started, or yeah, the first season we started, it was that COVID year when the uh, football, like, obviously it would stop, um, and we were part of the Wilts League at the time, and um, it was quite comfortable. Like, you know, we were going to teams and beating them 
10 nil sometimes 14 nil and it was a bit like this isn't really a challenge this isn't really where we want to be so I think at the time I think we were like joint top or second or something like that in the league and we applied for promotion um, to go up into the southwest regional leagues um, so our application got went through they accepted it and then we were in the southwest eastern division um, which was obviously a step up it was much tougher we obviously improved the squad a little bit and um, yeah and it was like we'd never really expect we'd never the goal at the start of the season was let's just be competitive in every game let's just go there give it a best shot if we win we win if we don't we don't um, and then soon enough I think within about three four games you know we started to pick up some wins and we were doing quite well against most of the teams we were playing and it was maybe until sort of midway through the season that we started thinking actually do you know what we could have a shot of winning this and then yeah we, I mean we went on a hell of a run I can't remember exactly I think we only lost I think we lost two games all season um, maybe drew twice as well and then won the rest um, and then obviously that season is when we got to the uh, County Cup final obviously we played the Swindon first team which I mean you know, it, it, it's still probably one of the highlights that I ever vlogged is the first 10 minutes of that game yeah that, <laughs> the first 10 minutes of that game was brilliant I think we were leading 2-0 within about 5 minutes and then and then I think it was 2-0 within about yeah. 10 minutes so yeah it was um, I think we got a little bit carried away um, when we went 2-0 up and thought oh my god we're going to win this um, <laughs> And then yeah, they sort of hit us with a bit of reality check. Really, they were they were a really really good team. Um, but again, it's something that we we sort of want to aspire to be to. We want to try and get to those levels and be as good a side as them at some point um, and try and build it. So it was a nice. It was obviously not nice to lose, um, but it was a good experience for all the girls. Um, certainly for me, for Tim as well, to have that experience of a final. Um, and I think it spurred us on as well for the rest of the league campaign and we obviously I think I can't remember how many but we basically needed to win because we went to Swindon and they did it where we played each team three times in that league because there was about six or seven teams and uh, we went away to Swindon and we lost 3-2 in a game that should have won and Swindon the the team that finished second in the end so we went away there and we lost 3-2 should have won that game and then we played them the week later and we played them up here at home um, and we beat them up 5-2 I think which is something like what we should have done the week before and then it was just both of us winning games winning games each week and we just had to win there were games where we had to just come from behind and win mm-hmm. um, but I don't know the squad the togetherness of the squad like the good the group of um, people in that squad the community the it's just good vibes it's just good sociable bunch and we all have a good time enjoying the football and I think that's what sort of pushed us through in the end and then obviously we're up here for the title decider against Swindon uh, if whoever won the game would win the league and I think we we scored in like the fifth minute and then we defended for our lives and we won that won that 1-0 um, and then won the league so so yeah it was a good season really good season really good to be a part of I mean I, I wasn't there for, for most, of, most of the games uh, being being on a, on a Sunday, but I remember I came along to the last last few and the the run in towards the end of the season and was there for the the, the county cup final as well. And I think the the like you say the togetherness of the group it, it was there to see and and 
I particularly remember that that Swind- Swindon game up up here. Yeah, the home game very very well, and 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 it w- it was just great to see the the final whistle blowing and, and realizing that you know. Yeah, yeah. I think it was just deserved. I think we've worked so hard for it. Like throughout the whole season, we worked so hard. Obviously, with training, like um, games and everything like that, and we did so well as a squad. I think we used like twenty something players throughout the season. So it was a big squad, and everyone played their part. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, like I said, the together, the togetherness of the group um, is what got us through. And yeah. Like I said, I'm very proud of them and what they achieved. It was really, really good to be a part of. No, it, it was brilliant to to, to, to watch it as, as well. Um, and I mean, similar similar difficulty to, to before. But what's next for for this lady side? I mean, they took played two games this season so far. Yeah, so it's been well. It's not been a good start in terms of we had a couple of players leave. We've had a couple of players go go to a couple of teams higher above, and then we've lost a few players that have gone to a slightly lower team. So we've got a much smaller squad now, um, which made things hard. And then we had a pre-season. Our pre-season was pretty much non-existent, really. We played two games, and then the last three games that we had, they were called off for different reasons. Um, and then, yeah, we had sort of players leave, and we struggling for numbers here and there. Um, so it's been a real bit of a struggle um, to start the season we went away to Ilminster on the first day we had a bare 11 um, and we lost and I think they came second in the league last season we lost that 6 now, which when I was watching it I'm thinking we're actually not doing too bad but we've got a bare 11 who have had barely any game time um, we've got a goalkeeper playing left wing and it's just it's not ideal. Um, the preparations went ideal. The start of the season has not been ideal. Um, so yeah, that was a bit of a maybe a little bit of a wake up call. That first game, we've managed to bring a few players in, and slowly but surely we're getting back to like a full strength team. We're having numbers and things like that. But last Sunday or the Sunday just gone, we went away again with a bare eleven, but we come away with a two-one win. So it goes to show that we can compete whether we have a bare 11 but I think once we get numbers back in the squad I think I think we'll be fine I think we'll compete I think the main goal for us is to stay up this season very yeah. much like it was last season it was just to compete and try and stay up um, I, I can't see us winning the league this season I'd be very surprised if we do um, never say never obviously but I think yeah the goal is to again just compete in every game see what this league is about try and strengthen and um, yeah, yeah, see if we can stay up it's a whole different ball game, isn't it? You know, there's lots more travelling involved. There yeah. are there are sides that are quite new in their their foundations, but are big big teams uh, behind them. So so it's it's a different proposition to, to last season. Is that yeah. fair to say? Yeah, definitely. I think you can tell even in the two games that we played. You can tell, like last season, the teams that we came up against, they'd maybe have two or three really standout players and then the rest of the team was sort of okay whereas now you're sort of going to places and you're looking the whole 11 plus the bench they're all good players they all know what they're doing it's, it's yeah like you said it's a different proposition altogether but I think we've built a squad now where we're not relying necessarily on individuals and actually the team as a whole we can all play well and we can make subs and not sort of affect the um, 
the balance of the game or we can still keep the quality high um, so yeah I think we can, I, without a doubt we can compete I, I don't see any issue with us I don't I, I don't think we'll go down I really don't think we will I think we're more than capable enough to sort of finish maybe slightly higher than sort of mid table and push towards the top end I'm like I said I'm not I don't think we'll win it or finish first mm-hmm. second or anything like that but you know if we can get like a fifth or fourth something like that uh, I think that would be really good and we can build on that yeah, yeah. and I, I'm personally looking forward to having a few Sundays off and being able to come up to, to Weymouth Street and, and see some some of the far <laughs> further sides yeah. come here um, and, 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 and that and maybe maybe at some point find a, an away day that is <laughs> yeah. close enough yeah we got a few long ones yeah I, I did notice um, and, and um, what would be the best part for you about being able to coach particularly at this this level and I think just when you sit, when you work on things in training a lot of the times you do a lot of the time you just do drills that are you know a bit fun and you have a laugh with it but obviously I think certainly last season and even more so this season like tactically we've got to be much better and we've done a lot more work on like our shape defensively and that sort of stuff in training sessions so actually when you see people putting into practice the things that you go for at training or the the little bits of advice that you give a player and you say give it just yeah whatever advice you've given them and then they go away and like you can see them applying it in the game or you can see the style of play that you're trying to create and then actually putting it into practice on the pitch against another team like that's that's rewarding like because you feel like people are listening to it. Like, a lot of the time you think these lot aren't listening to um <laughs> But um, yeah, when they're actually doing doing things that you say and things that you advise, you think, okay, maybe they do listen. Maybe they are paying attention to me. Um, so that's that's rewarding when you see people t- putting in the work that you actually put in in practice and things like that. Yeah, uh, it is great as someone who coaches under 18s football, um, and I don't claim to go in there with any more knowledge than they do. But um, it, it is that that um, that moment of being able to share it in something knowing that you know, you've played a small part a yeah. small role um, but a role nonetheless in, in what's going on on the field uh, and I guess big question will we ever see Lewis Graham as a manager <laughs> somewhere <laughs> um, yeah I don't see why not to be honest like I said I've loved this coaching role um, and to be honest like I, I would take on the management role obviously we've got Tim there at the minute so means that I don't have to deal with all that management this is the thing like the coaching is fine I don't have to get involved in the sort of the management like there's there's so much stuff that you've got to do as a manager but right now certainly I don't particularly want to do it I'm happy just coaching and Mm -hmm. you know shouting orders from the touchline I I enjoy that but um, yeah like the actual management side of things for now anyway like that's not something that I want to be involved in but for sure in the future like to actually sort of run a team and have your own sort of stamp on it like yeah that definitely would do it in the future but for the time being I'm, I'll am i stick to coaching and playing we'll, we'll look out for you on, on Sky Sports uh, in the future <laughs> I don't know about that <laughs> um, but that, that, I'll, I'll, that'll take us on to our, to our next port of call um, and I mean it, we, we talked with a fellow Toddham supporter not not too long ago on the podcast 
uh, David Perry, the chairman of Wormster Town. Um, but how 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 does supporting Tottenham come about? Is it is it a family thing or is this a is a team that you've picked up? No, no one chooses to support. Tottenham. <laughs> no, one chooses no one chooses that life. Um, no, yeah, both of my parents actually before they even met each other, they both supported Spurs. Um, both, well, they're both season ticket holders now, um, and they both went. Yeah, like I said, before they even met each other, my mum went to games, my dad both, they both went to games. Um, they obviously met each other, got married, and then, yeah, that Spurs has been passed on to me, unfortunately. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, you don't really get to choose your team, unfortunately. Uh, to be fair, I um, if I had had a choice, my chosen supporter team, if you like, would be Bournemouth. Um, I played for them briefly when I was younger um, when I was like five or six and then I went to uni there I love the town I actually worked for for Bournemouth um, when I was at uni just mm. selling, selling match day programs and stuff that was when they were in the when they were in the championship um, so yeah so if I had to have chosen a team like it would have been Bournemouth I remember sort of supporting them when they were in League 2 but obviously the main team was obviously Spurs and it's always been Spurs Um yeah, unfortunately, because it's been um, it's been a tough watch over the last twenty or so years. Well, I think it's correct me if I'm wrong, but both both Wolves Town captains are, are Spurs supporters. Yeah, Jim is uh, <laughs> Jim is a Spurs. We've got well, a quite, that happened. We've, um, we've got a, quite a few Spurs fans. This is the thing. Like growing up, when I was sort of at school and stuff, like I didn't really know many Spurs fans, but now. Don't know. I, I know loads of Spurs fans now. I don't know whether it's because you sort of grow up and you sort of meet obviously meet more people, but yeah, it seems like a lot more people are Spurs fans now than certainly when I was younger. <laughs> Maybe it's contagious. Maybe. It is. Maybe <laughs> it. I don't know how though. And, and, and I mean, I, I'm assuming you've been, been to a Tottenham game yeah. before. Um, what is there a best Tottenham game you've been to? One that you've enjoyed the most? There's probably two but for two different reasons okay um the first one i think they're actually both the same season um when spurs were playing at wembley and we played chelsea and we beat them 3-1 um and it was when it was when sonny scored like he picked the ball up at the halfway line ran past i think it was Jorginho and david louise like ran the whole half of the pitch and scored to make it 3-1 i'd say like that in terms of like the result and who it was against like that's probably one of the best games that I've been to that I can think of off the top of my head um, obviously there's a few that I've been to the new stadium as well um, being there that stadium's pretty immense to be fair um, I've, I've seen I've that you've been sadly there. been there twice <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so I mean going there was good I think there's a, the, another one that sticks out is the Champions League game again it was at Wembley and we played Barcelona we lost that game I think we lost four two, but I remember watching Messi that day, yeah. and he was just unbelievable. Like <laughs> seeing, actually seeing him like live, not on the TV. Like yeah, he was just so that as well, just for different reasons. So the Chelsea game, in terms of the result, who it was against, obviously being to the stadium, the Tottenham stadium was good, but seeing Messi live. And to be fair, he tore us apart that day. Um, but yeah, what, that happens what to the best of us. Unbelievable player. Unbelievable player. So glad of it to see him live. That's that is quite quite an incredible uh, performance to watch. 
Uh, and, and is there a, a best moment as a Tottenham fan? Are there any? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the um, the Champions League semi-final is the obvious one. Yeah. Um, that Lucas Moore hat-trick against Ajax from 2-0 down. The, there's not much that beats that, to be fair. Um, yeah, so that was probably the, easily easily the best moment, yeah. yeah. Well, that's fair enough. Uh, and, and a worst moment as a Tottenham fan? God. Just, just one or um, I suppose losing in the Champions League final that back off the back of that Lucas Moura semi-final yeah. losing in the Champions League final but then just being there was was an achievement in itself um, it was not the best of games to be fair no it was a terrible <laughs> terrible game. that's the worst worst Champions League final of all time um uh, there was about the only consolation I had that week because the week before was when uh, Arsenal got pumped by Chelsea and oh yeah they did so. they? Um, <laughs> but yeah maybe that I suppose but again like I said this um, support I suppose is quite tough at times anyway to be honest so it's, <laughs> it's hard to maybe pick one moment it's just not been too bad it's season. not been too bad like we're to be fair I, do you know what I mean I could have been I, I was obviously born in 94 and I think in the 90s Spurs were pretty terrible so I've been a little bit luckier in terms of you know the top four finishes um, the Poch era was pretty good um, so I've been lucky to be able to see that sort of stuff but you know before then I think you know I remember supporting us when we were sort of finishing mid-table most seasons so now to be supporting them you know we're challenging it's uh, <laughs> challenging for sort of top four and things like that and there or thereabouts we might win a trophy that might be nice um but yeah, I mean, it's it's not all bad to be fair. Yeah, well, well I've seen Tottenham's trophy cabinet. What's there of it? And I guess the question main, remains to be asked: Where where are Tottenham going to finish this season? Um, see, I think we're picking up results, and I don't think we've been playing really that well. Um, so I think the best is yet to come from Spurs. Again, I think. I'd like to say that we'd finish top four. I think we will finish top four. Um, and then top four and a trophy, for me, would be a successful season. Like, if we were to win an FA Cup and finish top four, that'd be spot on, to be fair. I, don't, I can't see us winning the league or anything like that. Man City, I think it's just they're too they've good. Got, they've got it. It's watching Erling Haaland is... Uh, yeah, I think they're, they're too good. I, the Champions League... Again, maybe who knows? What once you get past the group stage, just knock out, knock out football is it is what it is. Um, uh, who knows? But yeah, an FA Cup and, and a top four finish, I'd take that. Yeah, I, I mean, for, for me, I, I've made my top four prediction for this season, and I, I mean, I could see definitely see Spurs. I mean, I think it is in Spurs' hand to get a top four finish. Yeah, particularly I think, with United and Chelsea dropping points. Yeah, I think Man City, Arsenal, and Spurs. You're probably looking at from, based on the start of the season anyway mm. I think Chelsea Liverpool Man U have all had sort of a little bit of that up and down sort of period um, I think well, it'll be between one of those three I think who else will get the top four I'd say I don't know it's quite hard to say I think Liverpool have been so so disappointing um, well not disappointing for me like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't mind seeing Liverpool losing like, that's fine um, same with Chelsea and um, but yeah um, I think it'd be interesting it'd be a tight one I think this would be the closest season it's been like I don't see 
as much as I think Man City will win it, I still think the gap between first, second, and the, everybody else, I think it'll be a lot closer this year. It'd be nice. It'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we close the gap anyway. Uh, we'll, we'll go into a, a completely different avenue now than yes. supporting Spurs, and, and I guess sort of your day day job. Yeah. Um, out, outside of, of football, um, and. and you're a personal trainer, is that right? I am, yeah. So, yeah, personal trainer, online coach. Um, yeah, just try and help people. Well, depends, like live healthier, happy lives, I guess. But a lot of people come to me for sort of weight loss, fat loss, um, get fitter, stronger, that sort of thing. So, yeah, that's, that's my day job, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, how does someone become, or your personal uh, opinion on this is, how did you become inspired to be a personal trainer? Where, where does that career choice? Um, do you know what? I, it, again, it was one of those things that I just just thought, yeah, I might like that sort of thing. So mm. I thought, yeah, I'd give it a try. Because I was, I was working on a building, so I was just labouring um, for a while. And obviously I didn't want to do that. No, no disrespect to anyone that does that. Oh, I didn't want to do that. Um, and yeah, I obviously I went to the gym. I was very into like my fitness, sport, that type of thing. And I knew I know people who are personal trainers and things like that. And you sort of look at them and go, oh, I wonder if I could do that. And I thought, yeah. And I sort of looked into it, um, looked at um, the course. How do you get qualified? That type of thing. Um, saved up the money, did the course, and then and then yeah, sort of just sort of snowballed from there really. And then just started doing it. And then the more time you do it the more you invest into it the more you learn um and then yeah you, the more you enjoy it so i sort of just fell into it really just because i i liked sport i liked fitness i liked going to the gym i liked you know health and fitness and everything about it really so i thought yeah i'd love to sort of train people in the gym i thought yeah that, that'd be quite fun um yeah. and here i am and how do how does someone go about becoming a, a, a PT? You mentioned obviously doing a, yeah. doing a course and, and that, that sort of thing. But is that a, how, how long did it take you? What was that like? So the actual course to get qualified to become a PT is very basic. Like anyone can be a PT, like qualified PT. Mm. Um, there's a difference between being a qualified PT and a good PT. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think you do your level two fitness instructor course, and then you do your level three personal training course. Um, like I said, they're really, really basic. They're very easy to do, um, but that gets you qualified. And once you're qualified, then you can start looking at you know other courses and other avenues to further your education, essentially. It's like it's almost like, you can sort of consider it like GCSE and then A-level mm. university, that type of stuff. So basically like your level two level three is like what you would do your GCSEs and then you'd maybe invest in another course which would be A levels and so on and so forth um, but yeah there's so many different avenues you can go with it like I know a lot of people they go into maybe like sports massage uh, physiotherapy um, obviously you've got to go to uni for that sort of stuff um, but but yeah I mean there's like I said there's so many courses out there that we can learn more about exercise you can learn more about nutrition um, and then, yeah, since um, since I've got qualified, I've spent, I've invested loads of money into other courses and things like that, into just like mentors, coaches, just to help you get better at your job and move you along the line and 
obviously help you help more people essentially that's great uh, it sounds really interesting and, and quite a, quite a journey through the, doing doing the, the, the courses and get, gaining the qualifications and furthering your your learning and, and would you what would you say is the the best part for you for you about being a personal trainer um just seeing people seeing people's journey so from when they start with you and uh, like I remember one of one of my clients I remember the first day that she came to me and she was a nervous wreck and she was really anxious about coming into the gym never stepped foot in the gym before really anxious really worried obviously we got that out of the way and now like she's not my client anymore but she's you know she's learned everything that she needs to know do you know what I mean she's going to the gym on her own she goes to the gym regularly and to see that sort of the change in a person over so many months, years, to see them grow and change and be with them through that journey, like that's pretty rewarding in itself, just to see from where they come from to where they are now. Mm. Um, it's not really like about a transformation as such for me, like I don't, I'm not bothered about someone losing loads of weight and looking good for a picture, I'd like, how do you feel, like, what's your mindset like? Yeah. Um, that type of thing. So. Yeah, seeing someone change like their whole, not their whole personality, but like their whole mindset, their whole attitude towards exercise, health and fitness, all that sort of stuff. Like I said, that's that's rewarding to see that journey and be a part of it. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's great great to hear. And, and, and I'm sure you've got so many stories uh, of people's uh, journeys. And, and you do it, there's another aspect to it you mentioned before about the, the social media side. Yeah. Um, and ha- having a, a presence on there, and I'd firstly like to say that I really enjoy your your content and the the, the advice that you give out on, on there. Uh, as I think it's re- actually really useful, quite in, in interesting in, in what it teaches you, but also yeah. what what it what it not unteaches you, but what it warns you of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and I mean, if anybody wants to check it out, it is. I think it's at Lewis Graham PT. Lewis Graham like, PT on, on Instagram, Instagram. Uh, and it's well worth having, having a look at. But but how how does that part of your your business come to fruition? And um, I started out doing like boot camps, um, so like group sessions of. Um, yeah boot camps like circuit training style of training um, and I remember I hired out I did it outside during the summer um, and then I hired a hall down in the town park um, and just yeah like run like a, basically my own sort of classes really um, and got people come to that um, tried to sort of educate like that I think the big thing for me like I've always like fitness classes themselves a lot of gyms do fitness classes and things and I think the goal for many classes and stuff is just to make you tired mm. and to make you feel like you've had a good workout when realistically that there's a lot more to like a lot of people that want to come and achieve certain goals they want to come and they want to lose weight they want to improve their health they want to get stronger well just because you get tired going to a fitness class like that doesn't that's not necessarily going to help you so I think I tried to change that and provide that little bit of education around like your food, your sleep, stress, all that sort of stuff as well. And I tried to provide that extra sort of, yeah, that ed- extra education essentially to help people go away from from the boot camp session. And then, because 
I can PT or I can train someone for an hour well there's another 167 hours of that week mm. that they're not with me that they're making decisions on their own that potentially is not towards their goals so being yeah. able to try and educate people around food and that type of thing is what I wanted to try and do with those boot camps and then that's how I started and then it moved on to sort of I went um, to Club 24 Fitness in Westbury um, I'm still there now um, and I train my clients there and then I've moved now from from boot camps and fitness classes to doing like one-to-one coaching um, offering like as well like couples coaching like one-to-two coaching as well as now I've moved online to more like online coaching as well so um, so yeah there's a few things that I offer in terms of services but yeah that's sort of my journey of how I've come to be where I am yes yeah, I mean, it's really cool for someone like uh, me. I know. I mean, I occasionally grace my presence within a gym. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it, it, there is there is definitely a, a certain attitude about if you're you know, if you're not going in there regularly or you're doing it a, you know one week on and then a couple of weeks off and then you're going back in there again. Yeah. And so, so and so forth. There is that attitude of well, oh, I've done an hour. I'm tired. Yeah. I, I fulfilled what I came here to do and. and it's really interesting to hear about um, actually that the, the the process and the, the mentality that stretches not from your hour but through the whole yeah, exactly. week that you're you're uh, uh, living through. Uh, I mean, I've asked you for five top tips, but I mean we are we are open to just just what are your top tips for someone who wants to work on their health? So I've written a few down. Oh, here um, we go. There's, there's, I've got five. There's probably more that I could go through. Um, but my first one would be figure out what your goals are and why, why do you want to achieve them? So many people pluck goals out in the air and they have no real understanding of why it is they want to achieve it. So if your goal is to lose weight, well, why do you want to lose weight? And really dig deep into why you want to lose weight. Don't just say, oh, I want to lose weight because I want to look good. Like, to an extent, everybody wants to look a little bit better. Everybody wants to feel a little bit better. Why? Why do you want to look and feel better? Is it because that you know you're not feeling confident within yourself? Is it because you hate wearing a certain size clothes? Is it because you don't feel comfortable when you go out? Is it because you want to? I don't know. Maybe you feel out of breath when you're playing with your kids. Maybe it's something like that. If if you've got that sort of reason why, like a really important reason why the reason that you want to lose weight is because you want to feel active and you want to feel fit enough to run around and play with your kids like that's a that's a good reason to want to make a change whereas if you just say oh, I just want to lose weight I don't really know why like you're going to struggle because there's going to be days when you know you don't particularly want to go to the gym there's going to be days when you don't want to maybe cook a meal or something like that and you really want to take away those are the days when you know it counts a little bit more if you actually do go to the gym like you're not going to be motivated all the time to go to the gym um but the people that that achieve their goals go anyway regardless of how they feel um so that'd be my first one is to understand why why you want to achieve it and what it is you want to achieve and do it for yourself because there's no point wanting to lose weight for someone else like it has to be personal to you yeah 
Um, so that would be my first one. Um, my second tip would be understand that there's no such thing as like good and bad food. Like people get obsessed with like, oh, I can't eat that because that's bad. If I go away from this podcast and I have a chocolate bar, mm. is that going to make me fat? No. no. Do you know what I mean that that chocolate bar is not a bad food? If I was to then, if I was to go away from this podcast, have ten chocolate bars today, ten chocolate bars tomorrow, and do that consistently for the next three or four months, yes, okay, that might be quite bad. But again, that's in the dosage of yeah. the amount that I'm eating. If your diet on average is pretty good, filled with decent foods, and you have go out for a pint on the weekend, fine, that's fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that whatsoever. There's no such thing as good and bad food. People get into this mentality where they think, oh, I better not have that because that's bad. And then when they do have that food, then they feel like, oh, I feel bad now. And then they end up binging and then they end up overdoing it and they go, right, well, I'm not going to eat this food for another week or two weeks now, so I better fill up on it now. Um, So, yeah, understand that you can eat whatever you want. You can eat whatever you want. Um, It's just about moderation it really is about moderation you'll probably hear that word and if you follow me like you'll see the word consistency all over my um all over my instagram and it really is about consistency um so that's another tip um like i said i've got a few more written down there's plenty like i said i could go on for hours so i won't go on to to um this is probably a really important one like just do things that you enjoy and do things that make you feel good. There's no right or wrong way to improve your health. Yeah, It's personal to you. Like, personally, I like going to the gym. I like going for a run. I don't particularly like going for a bike ride. Yeah. So I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna go for a bike ride. I'm not gonna go swimming, really. I don't particularly like, don't mind swimming. It's actually more the getting changed after swimming and all that sort of stuff. I can't be bothered with it. Like, that's not something that I want to do. So I don't have to do it. There's no need for me to do it. I can do other things. I'll do things that make me feel good, the things that I enjoy. If you don't like going to the gym, don't go to the gym. Do something else that you do enjoy. If you like running, go for a run. If you like fitness classes, I know I said about earlier about fitness classes that are maybe not the best thing, but if you like them, cool, go do them. Um, do things that you enjoy do things that make you feel good that is honestly the best advice that's probably the best advice I did just do things that you enjoy Um, and just understand again that no one is forcing you to improve your health no one's forcing you to lose weight no one's forcing you to do any of that you don't have to do any of that it's a choice people go oh I have to go to the gym you don't have to go to the gym if you don't want to you don't have to You, you get to go to the gym you get to decide if you want to go to the gym if you want to go to the gym great enjoy it go do it you get to because you're well enough and you're able enough to go to the gym some people aren't lucky enough to be able to go to the gym some people don't have the money to go to the gym some people don't can't physically walk to the gym some people physically can't walk you know and people moan that they say oh I've got to go for a walk no you don't you get to you're lucky enough you can like change that mindset of I have to do this to I get to do this and it will get you a hell of a lot further and then finally just don't give up like if you want to improve your health the, the reason the main reason that people don't achieve their goals is because they give up too soon and that is that is the main thing so just keep going everybody makes mistakes we all make mistakes we're all human 
that's it's how you learn from those mistakes and how you adjust next time so that you either minimize the damage or next time you respond in a different way so then you don't make that mistake again um so yeah those would be my advice solid tips and I mean I'm taking a lot away myself let alone people listening uh, elsewhere so so I hope that those helped uh, other people as much as they, they were really interesting for, for me to hear uh, and, and, and to take away from this uh, and I also asked you for things yeah. that, to avoid uh, I put free but I mean whatever you've got I'm like, yeah so I suppose it's sort of similar they sort of cross over don't they um, like I'd avoid think in short term um, people think that they once they've achieved their goals then they can go back to doing what they were doing before well if you go back to doing what you were doing before then you'll be in the same position that you were in before um, people think that they can achieve their goals in four, six, eight weeks when realistically it's going to take years um, and that time is going to pass anyway so you might as well do things again, like I said, do things that make you feel good, do things that you enjoy. And slowly over time, you'll get towards your goals. Like It's a never ending thing like this. We all have goals and you might achieve those goals and then you get to that and then it's like, oh, well, what's next? It's not the goal that, it's not achieving a goal that brings you happiness. It's the process of achieving that goal that brings the happiness, brings that joy. Um, I'd also avoid, Avoid people that will then sell you that um, short-term fix. And there's so many. If people are putting methods down or sort of, um, what's the word? Like disrespecting or disregarding a method of losing weight or a method of something else in order to sell you their method like you want to avoid those people like there's no right or wrong way people will talk in extremes to get you to buy their things like it's easy if I tell you like I'm right we're going to get you to your goals in four weeks time like that is exciting you think oh yeah cool but if I tell you mm, first four weeks we're just going to get a little bit of awareness around where you're currently at then over the next eight weeks after that we can start making some changes but realistically it's probably going to take you about six months to noticeably see some changes and then once you've built those habits then you're going to be doing them for the rest of your life in order to achieve your goals like that's not a very easy sell like if I tell that like and that's what I tell people because it's just honestly because it's not a very it's like okay it's not really it's not really exciting it doesn't really get me out of my seat and like, oh yeah take my money Whereas these fad diets, these quick fixes, they're a way of getting you to part with your money. But realistically, they're going to take longer than my method or you know most other coaches' method of getting you to where you want to be, mm. providing you with the education. Yeah, okay, you might take a year to achieve your goals and see the changes that you want to see, but it's better than losing rate, losing weight really quickly then putting it all back on again for loads of people to go through their whole lives constantly yo-yo dieting never getting anywhere towards their goals it's like you could spend 50 years going up and down up and down and not getting anywhere or you could spend a year focused understanding educating yourself and achieving your goals and then maintaining it for life 
like that's 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 the difference like between like the short fix and and um that slower sustainable pr approach and then the last thing i'd say to avoid is just being being a perfectionist with it yeah a lot of people will wait until the right time to start making changes towards their goals there's never going to be a right time life always gets in the way there's always things that will come up it's about doing the best that you can in the situation that you're in um so like i said people will be like it's it's not about if you're in a place where you don't exercise whatsoever and your diet is all over the place you don't eat particularly well let's say you're a two out of ten it's not about going from a two out of ten to a nine out of ten straight away most people don't need to be a nine out of ten most people just need to sit at around a six seven to maintain like a happy balance with their life where they can go out for meals out when they can enjoy social occasions with their friends and look and feel good within themselves you just mm. need to be like a six to seven out of ten i'd say there's no point going from a two out of ten and trying to go to a nine out of ten because it's not going to be sustainable progress is going from a two to a 2.5 to a three and just go really really slowly you don't need to go from not exercising at all to exercising every day if you're not exercising at all right now can you exercise once a week consistently yeah cool and once you've exercised once a week consistently for four weeks can you add another session in? can you build it from there so that most people like i said you need to exercise maybe two or three times a week for most people and then can you eat well the majority of the time and can you get out for a walk can you sleep better can you just make small changes to your life and over time if you make those small changes like this is what we're saying about going, taking a year like you'll go from a two to a six seven in a year's time rather than going from a two to a nine in the space of two days like you're not going to be able to keep that up for very long certainly not long enough to see the results that you want anyway words of wisdom there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think thank you very very much I, 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 again I'm taking away a lot from this and, um, and I think a lot of people listening will be a, a, as well uh, and I think if you want more of those I, f I feel like Lewis, Lewis has many many more um, we'll just condense what is a very uh, very complex and, and long topic into a few bullet points then go again go and check out his Instagram go and send him a message I'm sure he'll be more than willing to, to, to help you out 100% uh, and provide even even more helpful top tips um, and we're going to move on to a bit more of a general football chat we like to ask these questions because we're we're a bit nosy we, <laughs> we, 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 like, we like to spur a little bit of debate on um, and part of that comes into our fiver side team and um, we've asked lots of different people, and everybody t everybody takes their own spill on it. Um, so we're interested to see w what Lewis has to to bring to from all the footballers in history. Who makes your five-a-side team? So this, I was thinking about this earlier, and I still haven't really come to a decision of um, who I want. So five-a-side, so that includes a keeper. Includes five. a keeper. Okay, that's cool. So in goal. And this would be a controversial one. I'd go with Edison. Okay. Simply because, five aside, I just want a keeper that's good on the ball. And he may not be the best shot stopper in the world. He may not be the best goalkeeper in the world. He's not the best keeper in the Premier League, I don't think. I think, in terms of like shot stopping wise, I think Alisson, Lloris, both better than him shot stopping wise. In terms of ability, ball at the feet, Edison, 
probably I can't think of a better keeper than him with his ball at, with the ball at his feet so I'd go Edison in goal um, for like I said for that reason um, I'd go with one defender and this is a difficult one because I was thinking I thought Danny Alves at first I thought um, again legend won everything that there has to be won be a great leader pacey again good on the ball but I'm actually just going to go with Maldini <laughs> because there's not many better is there really let's no. be honest um, so yeah I'd have him as my defender we'll go with one defender Messi obvious one and then I'm just going for a bit of flair and a bit of enjoyment and I'd go Ronaldinho and Ronaldo R9 Ah, uh, the original Ronaldo. Right <laughs> I think, in terms, that would just be a joy to watch. I, I mean, watching Ronaldinho when I was younger, just vibes, just skills. <laughs> just, honestly, just so good to watch. Same with um, Ronaldo, R9. Um, skills, great finisher, probably one of the best strikers of all time. Obviously, lots of injuries that he got. Um, so, yeah, I'd go Edison in goal. Maldini, Messi, Ronaldinho, and Ronaldo. I'd say that's pretty good. That's <laughs> not too bad. That's a, that's a pretty decent five-a-side team. So. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, there are possibly a few in there that I'd put in my own five-a-side team uh, if I were to, to, to make one as well. Um, but we're going to ask you now to predict even more, if you haven't predicted enough already. Yeah. Um, who... who who would be your Premier League, your Champions League, and your World Cup winners? What, this season? I hate this season. It's early enough that yeah. we can still look at predicting those. Yeah, it's hard to look past City for the Premier League. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think, especially now, the way that like Liverpool, I thought Liverpool would be their closest challengers. Now I'm starting to think maybe Spurs or Arsenal could be their closest challengers. I think Liverpool will will kick on again um, they normally do um, but yeah I just think with Haaland the addition to the Haaland I just think it's, yeah. it's almost unfair now really but, <laughs> yeah, it's a joke for fantasy points <laughs> yeah I mean I just got him permanently on captain on FPL now it's like, don't take him off captain um, yeah so I think I think Man City win a Premier League and I think potentially I think Haaland gives them that little bit more to potentially go and win the Champions League as well um I don't, I don't watch enough foreign football to be honest. I've started watching a little bit actually um, of like the Italian leagues and stuff. But to be honest, again, I think Man City. Um, I think obviously you've got the likes of PSG. I don't know whether again they sort of seem to fall short all the time. But I think yeah, again the addition of Haaland. I think that may be the difference between Man City winning the league. Um, winning the Champions League, so yeah, I, I can I can see see that, and I think we've we've definitely had uh, Man City shouts uh, from a number of our podcast guests before, uh, and I think watching them with Erling Haaland just just makes them that that little bit more frightening. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think that when they played without a striker last season, and they, I mean, they still won. What did they win? They won the Premier League still, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, I don't think they won anything else last season, but still, like playing without a striker, now they've got. Arguably one of the best strikers in the world. This 
Yeah, it's a joke. I think that'll, that'll be enough to... I think Premier League, I think they haven't got much in the way of competition in the Premier League. I think Champions League, it might just, might just do them, do them um, that one better than they did when they lost to Chelsea um, and win that. In terms of the World Cup... Qatar this year, all different. Very different. <laughs> it's going to be really strange. It's going to be really strange in Christmas December. Hats on. Yeah, I know. It's not, it's not quite the same as... Um, beer garden weather and sort of 25 degree heat and watching it in the pub but um, I think France France I think France um, I'd love obviously England to win it I just I don't see it um, maybe maybe if we if we get lucky we'd have to go and get a little bit I think we'll get through the group I think our groups we should be winning that group let's be honest um, and then again it's one of those things knockout football depends on the run that you get and then who knows in like a one one-off game anything anything can happen but I think yeah I think France even yeah I'd have to I'd have to say France I can't I think their squad and their squad depth is unbelievable you've got Benzema and Mbappe ridiculous Pogba when he's playing for France is completely different cut the first to when he was obviously at Man U um yeah, I think... It's scary to think about. I saw the other day the list of uh, France's under-21s and I was thinking, that team's good enough to make it to quarter-finals, semi-finals yeah. or a World Cup, yeah, exactly. let alone the uh, the first the first French team. Um, and then, I mean, we asked this question to everybody. Um, in their prime, Messi or Ronaldo and why? I feel like we might have the answer Messi. already. Messi, yeah. <laughs> I think if you look at if greatest footballer of all time, like he is the greatest footballer of all time. Ronaldo, don't get me wrong, he's a machine goal scorer, probably the greatest goal scorer of all time. But when you watch Messi and what he can do with the ball, no one else can do that. Like Maradona did it, and then Messi just done it. And he's played. What did he start off as? A, he started off as a winger. Then he went into like that centre forward as like a false nine. Basically, that's where the false nine originated from. Messi playing that false nine, and now you see him at PSG. Okay, he's maybe not as good as he was, but still providing a ridiculous amount of assists from like that number ten position. Like every position he plays, do you know what I mean? He can he'd probably play left back if he wanted to. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's unbelievable. But like I said, I, the things that he, the only thing for me that Ronaldo is better. The Messi is what is heading, and that is about it. Um, I think, yeah, I think Messi, without a doubt, is the greatest footballer of all time, and I don't think we'll see any. I don't think I'll see anyone better in my lifetime. That's for sure. Um, magician. Yeah, he, he is special, and that would be my answer. Answer to, and I've maintained that through all our podcasts. Uh, overall, I guess I think we only had Ronaldo the once. Yeah. Um, but I mean. It's messy for me, just just a magical, magical player. Um, and, and we're going gonna to ask this one. We 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 ask it all the time. But the best player in the world right now, if it differs from obviously the previous your previous answer. Yeah, it's a good question. I was thinking about that, and I think if you'd have asked me this last season, I think Salah would have been based on his form. But obviously now his form's not been brilliant. No, not since he came back from the Cup of Nations. I suppose you could, you could argue that Haaland, um, like I said, I don't think Messi's doing as well in the, in the like I said, I don't really watch enough um, foreign football to really have a proper opinion on it, but 
from what I see or from what I gather anyway Messi's not lighting it up as maybe you would expect him into in the French League um, Mbappe is probably up there but again I, like I said I don't know how well he's getting on from what I am witnessing in the Premier League Haaland yeah um, again like his, his numbers are a joke his goal scoring is a joke and the aim of the game is to put the ball in the back of that and he does that pretty much every single game so so yeah I'm going to say Haaland um, might be controversial but yeah I, I can see why I can see why um, it's, it's definitely <coughs> a first but I think it's the start of this season uh, what was it 10 goals in 6 games or something really just like that I mean you, you can't look much much further than that um, and that moves us on quite nicely to our, our real questions um, about about football um, and the first one we got down here is quite an important one to us um, What? how important to to football is non-league? I think it's massive it is massive like you look at some of the players that have gone that, have, that have played non-league football that have then gone on to play in the Premier League Jamie Vardy's a good example Um but there's plenty of them I think that just being able to have that progression in football and you know you, young kids can have that dream of just because you didn't go just because you didn't go to an academy or whatever like that you can still rise through the ranks and still play you know league football still play a good quality of standard and obviously earn plenty of money from it and not only that but that the money that's obviously in the the Premier League that sort of filters through like you see so much money in football these days it all filters through into the non-league and it helps you know communities it helps people around and provides jobs for people and things like that so so yeah I think it's massively important not just for like the football on the pitch and for the for in terms of people actually wanting to play football and having that opportunity to play football um, but yeah being able to sort of create jobs and like, like I said the most popular sport in the world um, is massive and just having the opportunity to play every like I said have, for myself just having the opportunity to walk five minutes up the road and play football when I see him have a good laugh with my mates there's not much better um, so yeah I think it, I think it's so important yeah, I think that's per- perfectly encapsulates it and, and for anybody who's sat listening um, who, who doesn't already why, why should someone support their local club um <laughs> Again, like that sort of community. Again, there's not much that beats it. I get it. Look, the football in the Premier League is un- unbelievable quality and things like that. But you get some really good players playing at this sort of level. Um, playing in what are we West Western Div One, just like the tenth tier or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, you get some really good players at this standard. Um, players that will go on and play probably league football at some point um, like you see a lot of the young young lads that are like 16 playing this level and playing really well and you think yeah they, they're going to play a lot higher than this um, so yeah I think again it's just supporting your local community and that um, I think it, again it's so important um, and like I said you meet some great people running football clubs um, I've obviously had the pleasure of meeting so many people over the last like 12 years that you just wouldn't meet unless you sort of be involved in football or playing football or watching it um, and again clubs need support um, do you know what I mean like Premier League clubs 
don't need support. Do you know what I mean? They make plenty of money. Um, it's these local clubs that you see with all the volunteers, that's all the hard work that they put in um, to try and just get games on. Yeah. The amount of work, like I've seen it now. I've obviously I'm now stepped onto the committee with um, with Warminster, and the amount of work you don't really realise it. Certainly, I took it for granted as a young young lad playing for Warminster until like the last couple of years. You take for granted how much work goes into just like I said, running a football team, running a football club, and getting players out on the pitch and just. Like you look around this ground now with all the advertisement boards and like everything about it. Like again, it's that social community. Um, it's good for local businesses. Everything. Um, yeah, I highly recommend. Like I said, you'll see some good football as well at times. Anyway. <laughs> so certainly on Saturday. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, Max's goal that went through my head for a couple of weeks. Yeah, great. <laughs> I've got the uh, the GoPro angle on the Instagram the other day. It was, oh, it was beautiful. Um, <laughs> but we're, we're gonna gonna go to our, our, our question on sort of the other end of the the spectrum. But what's the biggest issue facing football right now? And I mean, there are so many to pick from it. It's... Yeah. Um, in terms of, I'll stick with like the non-league angle. Um, I think just volunteers having enough volunteers um, again like I said I'm on the committee of this club and realistically we're running the club on like five six six people um, and the amount of stuff that needs doing like I said it's, it's a lot and I think just yeah the lack of volunteers maybe or maybe just the understanding of actually what, what goes into running the football club because I think yeah like I said you take it for granted but um, yeah, I think having that those willing people to just come in and it doesn't have to be launched. You know what I mean? Like the smallest thing can be the the biggest of help. Um, so I think I think that's a big thing. Certainly facing non-league is like the volunteers and stuff, and obviously now as well with the rising energy costs or the rising costs of everything. Um, everything's so expensive now that um, you know you're gonna. Probably, hopefully not, but you're probably going to see a lot of clubs go under just because they simply can't afford to can't afford to run. Um, so again, it does it does need volunteers, but again, it also needs people coming in supporting and coming in local businesses supporting, sponsoring um, people coming up to the games, paying their entry, putting money behind the bar, all that sort of stuff. You know, the smallest of things really, really does go a long way. Because, like I said, I think with Especially with the winter coming, and obviously you're going to have to have your electricity on, you're going to have to have the heating on, the bills are going to go through the roof, and I think a lot of clubs are going to struggle. Certainly, like I said, non-league clubs are going to struggle. So, yeah, yeah really, really important that people come and support in any way that they can. Yeah, and I, I think that's a, that's a very good uh, time to segue into to the, the um, what, what we should always do on our, our podcast but um, if you listen and you're local uh, you know local to Warwick Town or local to another non, non-league site no matter what, how big in the pyramid that they are you know, just offering you one one weekend or you know one hour of your week to to a, a football club can make a massive amount of difference um, and, and it can be literally as simple as handing out um, 
the, the match day program or, or coming along and just clearing the the, um, the leaves in the, the autumn uh, from the pathways and the pitch that that makes a massive massive difference to the club um, so if you can do and um, you know you're, I think you'll see that you'll very quickly become a, an invaluable member of a, of a beautiful community uh, and, and that moves us on to another part of being a part of a football club community um, and, and just some advice for people out there for a young person who wants to go and play football maybe for a local side what, what's the advice that you, you give them just go do it just go do it and enjoy it um, and just have that appreciation because like I said like I took it for granted playing football like you don't realise what goes into being able to provide you with the opportunity to play football so just like I said enjoy it respect the people that are helping the volunteers and everything like that and if you can lend a hand lend a hand If it, like, like you said it doesn't have to be anything massive it can just be as simple as you know tying a few glasses away at the end of the evening or you know just it's simple things like especially as a player just like putting your kit the right way around when you put it away in the bag someone's got to go wash the kit do you know what I mean they don't want to be going through a load of sweaty kit and turning it back around the right way and then putting it in little simple things like that just taking your kit off and placing it nicely in the right bag and things like that I think I saw a clip on Twitter of um, Harland when they took their jackets off and they were all the Man City players were sort of chucking their jackets towards um, towards the kit man, and Harlan took his off, folded it up, and handed it to him. Like it's not, that's not a big thing. And I'm sure like the kit man's not too bothered about the rest of them chucking their kit because I'm sure most people do it. But like simple things like that, it goes a long way. It just having that little bit of respect for for like I said, the people that run football clubs the people the volunteers themselves and things like that just having that little bit of respect it, it goes a long way well, without, without a doubt and I think that's a, that's a perfect example right there um, and, and I think that, that clip of Erling Haaland is definitely doing the rounds yeah. um, and, and if you haven't seen it it's worth going and checking it out because um, like I said it's the it's simple things that, that can make the big difference Um and I want to say thank you very much, Lewis. Pleasure. For coming on. Um, you are always welcome to come back and, and feature. Yeah, sure. Sure, <laughs> no, anytime. I enjoyed it. Um, so if you haven't already, like and subscribe on YouTube, uh, on Instagram, and on TikTok as well, because we've sold our soul. Um, so go check it out. Uh, we've got lots of content out there as well. Um, and if you haven't already, follow us on Spotify and Apple for the podcast so you don't miss an episode, one every month. Uh, we have new guests um, with us, so go and check that out. And if you'd like someone to appear, or you are someone who wants to appear on the podcast, let us know. Send us a message on uh, Instagram or TikTok or even Twitter, because I'm on there. Um, send us a message and let us know, because we'd love to have you on. So thank you very much, Lewis. Thank you very much. Uh, and we'll see you very, very soon. I've been Ben. This has been the Main Street Massive. See you very soon. Mm-hmm.